This podcast is sponsored by Susan Walsh, the classification guru, fixer of spend data. Susan is a specialist in data classification and supplier normalization, bringing clarity and accuracy to data, revealing cost savings and supporting better, more informed business decisions. Welcome to the next episode of Talent Talks with me, Martin Smith, founder and director of Talent Drive, specialist recruiter across the UK in procurement and supply chain. I'm delighted to be joined today by Lee Kopek, who is the Head of Procurement and Contract Management at the Royal British Legion. In his earlier career, Lee was part of the procurement team who helped deliver the London 2012 Games and has worked for a range of organisations including the Post Office, Cancer Research UK and Mary Curie before taking up his role at the Royal British Legion two and a half years ago. Lee's been an instrumental part in the setup of a recent fantastic initiative within the charity sector in dealing with the pandemic called the Charity PPE Group, which is being run by furloughed procurement professionals in a coordinated effort to help charities with their immediate PPE needs, which is a fantastic initiative, which I'm looking forward to hearing about. Welcome, Lee. Hello. Good to be here. Yeah, great, great to have you on, and thanks, thanks for your, uh, thanks for your time today. I guess the first and an, an obvious question is, how are you coping at the moment with lockdown? Yeah, all right. Um, I think the first month or so was easier. You know, I've always worked from home a little bit anyway, so I'm kind of used to that setup. I think that first month when the sun was shining and it was Easter and everyone was still yeah. finding it a bit novel, it was all a little bit easier. I think. I'm still managing fine, but I, d- I do miss, I'm quite a social person, so I suppose I'm missing a bit of that yeah. human interaction, yeah. not over the tech. I'm missing the sport as well. You know, I love my sport, especially the rugby. So yeah, I'm certainly missing I know, a bit me of too. That. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the technology has yeah. been amazing for keeping connected to not just work, but family as well. You know, I've got, got my parents using Zoom. I never thought I'd see that day, so that's been good as well. <laughs> yeah, and just generally... I'm not missing the two-hour commute each way to work when I when I go in, giving me a bit more time yeah. with family, a bit more time cooking, which I enjoy. So there's been some positives as well. So man- managing all right, I think, is probably the, the answer. Good, good, good. And are you are you going into the office environment at all, or is it just completely everyone working from home? How how? Yeah, yeah our head office is completely shut down. Obviously, it's yeah. in London. It's in London Bridge, quite a busy area. Um, I think mm. that, I say there's a skeleton staff. There's some facilities people there taking some post deliveries and things, but no, every everyone is working remotely. We're yeah. quite we're quite a spread out charity. So other than head office, we have a lot of fundraising offices dotted around the country. We have care homes, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, so lots of different kind of satellite offices and sites. So that that's a that's a particular mm. challenge, I suppose, in itself. But other than the care homes, everyone's working from home at the minute. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, just 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 going on to that then, in terms of kind of, I'm always interested to understand how different businesses are, are adapting to the pandemic. So you've obviously talked about there embracing technology, which we're all having to do. Both both our, our you know parents, family members. It's it's quite amusing watching my mum do a Zoom call with her thumb over the camera, but. Um, in, in terms of how kind of your team, your procurement team, are kind of adapting to then to the pandemic, talk me for a little bit more about that. Then, as a business, it was reasonable reasonable timing, I suppose, in the fact that about nine months ago we had what we called a ways of working project, um, which was bringing a lot of our remote offices into our head office. Everyone yeah. originally had their own desk and a pedestal, quite old fashioned setup. So we went through that agile working kind of thing nine months or so ago, and people have kind of settled down into that a bit more. So I think from that respect, it was good. Kind of people were used to being able to work remotely a little bit more in a little bit more of an agile way. 
I think the charity sector is quite good in terms of work-life balance. So people are quite used to that as well in terms of homeworking. I've always supported flexible working. You know, I've always said it's about output, not being stuck at your desk. So um, I think mm. it's a good thing. I think it will help attract better talent in the future if this continues. It helps open up the, the talent market probably a bit more geographically. Um, we may yeah. talk about that later. <clears throat> the techs really helped. We, we were using Skype, but actually uh, our IT team were intending to roll out Teams, Microsoft Teams, which I'm sure a lot of yeah. people have been getting used to. They they had to accelerate that, so they did that very quickly, and it's been actually really successful. I think our IT team mm. always taken a bit of stick for being slow at doing things, but they did that really successfully, and that's really helped. Mm. I think people kind of get to terms with it. They've also mm. launched Yammer and Wonder and some other stuff, so it, ha- it can feel a bit overwhelming, I think, the amount of new tech that people are trying to get mm. their heads around. But in general, I think that has really helped kind of react to this. As a business, we obviously we run services for veterans and their families, including care homes. Um, so that's been a challenge. Obviously, you've seen in the media recurrence, it's yeah. been a challenge in its own right. A lot of what we do is things like giving vouchers out and, and hard copies and seeing people face-to-face. We've had to find a lot of digital solutions to things, so e-vouchers and Amazon vouchers and things. Lots of fundraising yeah. innovation going on because we can't go out and collect money. Yeah, how have you found that then? Yeah, what talk me through a bit about that, the fundraising. Well, though. we're quite yeah. lucky. So, yeah, with the charity sector is quite well networked. We've got a charity sector procurement group, which I'm on the board of, and we talk a lot. We're, we've actually been having virtual meetings with the group, which has been good. A lot of charities are really struggling. You know, their their income is 40 50% down on what it normally is. So, you know, they're having to find ways of just saving money or not doing things. We're quite lucky that, obviously, our main fundraising period comes around Remembrance Time. So, our poppy appeal in October, November time. That's when we get our big peak of our, our income. So we're kind of planning for the worst. Should this roll on and, and, and impact that significantly? We've got a plan mm. around that. But our income currently isn't as badly hit as some of the other charities. So it's not been too bad. We're looking at lots of innovation around ways of fundraising. Like, could we do a virtual poppy appeal, for example? And people having a yeah. virtual poppy. We're looking at things like e-games and just other ways of raising money, which I'm sure most charities um, are, trying, are trying to do at the minute. Even if you can go out and fundraise, it's going to be a time where people's discretionary income is probably lower and giving to charity may be something that you know is one of the first things to go. Hopefully people are seeing how difficult it is for charities. You know, you've seen loads in the media that people are rallying around charities. The, the veteran that did the walk around his garden, those kinds of things, it's whether charities can tap into those kind of activities and use them as fundraising opportunities. I think that's, you know, the NHS is mm. obviously getting a lot of the fundraising income at the minute but i think as that starts to ease off you know they've, they've, they're closing the nightingale hospital i think as people realize mm. the nhs is coping better maybe some of the other charities can start to come to the fore a bit more yeah okay and in, and in terms of sort of specifically you know looking at the procurement industry which lee you've been in for many years now for what, us it's been yeah you know, we, we reacted quite quickly so we, we quite quickly prior reprioritized what we were working on you know, a lot of projects we we're working on the people in those teams were being furloughed or whatever. Um, we had to focus on where we were going to identify risk quite quickly. So we did a. We've we've been implementing a contracts database. So what I'd say is the charity sector is okay. quite immature, um, particularly in terms of systems and things. So we're leading the way a little bit in terms of kind of digital procurement technology. We and we, we were able to use that to identify our critical and high risk suppliers um, and do some work with those suppliers around ensuring continuity. We got a survey out quite quickly to all of our top, I think, 60 suppliers to ask them what their plans were for dealing with it. So that was really important. We looked at a lot of our smaller suppliers, but still important suppliers to us, particularly around our care homes um, and how we could support them with payment terms and things just to 
you know, make, make sure they were staying, yeah, make sure they were staying kind of fluid and able to continue to support us, obviously. And our team, so our team's in a cat, in kind of three categories. So I've got a category that looks after all our operations, which is all the care homes and everything we do as a charity. Yeah. Our central services, so IT and travel and fleet and all that other stuff, legal HR, and then fundraising and marketing um, is the other one. So that area is starting to quieten down a bit, particularly in marketing. So redistributing mm. some of those guys to support the operations team. And within the care homes, that they, they had a reduction in admin staff, had a lot of people shielding and self-isolating things so we yeah. set up kind of a central buying team so that was something we did to react to support those care homes okay. so we'll talk about ppe that's a big topic for everyone at the minute but you know yeah. we, we almost had to get people focused entirely on that and on food provisions just to make sure those homes continued to run so that was a big change so talk me for, so did that mean that you had to redeploy some of your procurement team that were maybe focused on other category areas naturally to the PPE, you know, supply and distribution? Was that kind of a key key yeah, focus yeah, for you? Yeah, then? that's yeah. right. Yeah, they were working. Mm. So two two of them were working on marketing projects. Really, we saw that the capacity within that PPE team, you know, the the, guy, the two guys that are in that team were working all over Easter. Um, they needed more support. Um, there's other projects going on in operations as well, like finding ways to do e-vouchers and different ways to distribute grants. Yeah. So, yeah, they just needed to increase their capacity and it was an opportunity not to furlough staff, but to use use the team we had you know, to, to support yeah. the areas that really needed it the most. And, and can I ask your sort of take, without getting too political on this podcast, but, you know, clearly PPE's been getting some bad press in terms of the, the, the distribution of it. And it was lovely to hear Matt Hancock reference procurement as an industry and, and thanking them, not just the front line, which was, which was great. I'm sure you heard that. What's your take on on the PPE and and that sort of situation? I guess in the UK, what's your kind of take on it from a from a procurement angle? I guess. Yeah, I mean, so from from what I've seen, mm. the supply has not been that bad. There's a lot. I think there's a lot of profiteering around. There's a lot of miscommunication and misunderstanding around. So yeah. I think it's a you know procurement's got to be really careful about where this stuff's coming from because there's lots of new suppliers of this stuff suddenly cropped up, particularly for hand sanitizers yeah, and things. People that are doing something completely different have suddenly started providing PPE. So I think the due diligence required around where people are sourcing mm. from is actually a higher risk than whether they can get it or not. Um, so that, yeah. that's been the real challenge for us because actually we found loads of sources of supply the cost of the stuff fluctuates probably 500 percent from top to bottom really? um, so there is wow. prof- there is profiteering certainly uh people are seeing mm. it as an opportunity but then at the other end of the scale there's people that really want to support you know i think everything's been quite focused on the nhs so from our point of view we kind of saw mm. the care home and social care issue before it emerged in the media because we were living it yeah i mean in terms of our care homes we're managing we've got some good routes of supply um We've been trying to work with other charities. So one of the initiatives we've been working on is setting up a charity PPE buying group, actually using some furloughed procurement okay. professionals from other industries to to lead that piece of work. So there's a central hub now. Um, I think there's 25 charities now signed up and that's growing. And I think, um, so basically it's a, it's a means of sharing information, yeah. hopefully using the collaborative buying power of, of more charities because as individual charities, our, our needs are relatively small in, in the grand scheme mm. of things. But by putting that together, we can deal with the big suppliers that have only been interested in the nhs yeah. big yeah. companies or directly with the manufacturers so hopefully it's giving us a bit yeah. more leverage it's only just kicked off last week but we're starting to get a lot of useful useful information because i guess all the different charity you know you're all going to have the same issues in terms of due diligence and the quality of the supply and stuff so it makes sense to have more of a universal way of looking yeah, at it 100%. yeah and whilst now it's probably quite focused on the charities that deliver care so us marie curie sue rider those kinds of guys i think 
yeah. a lot of the other charities now are starting to plan. So like us starting to plan when offices start to reopen, when other operations start to reopen. A lot of charities have a mm. really big retail footprint. Uh, we don't have a physical retail, but Marie Curie, Macmillan, British Heart Foundation, you know, they have 500 plus retail sites throughout the UK. And as they start to open, they're looking at ways for you know, safeguarding the people, the volunteers predominantly that work in the shops and also obviously yeah. members of public going into those shops. So with, with, there's almost like a mini mini sub project working on that as well. So it's a really good opportunity for the, for the industry to collaborate, I think. Mm. I think it's great. And I, and I think it's really put the, the charity sector and the NHS and, you know, everything that's work, every industry that are working around it really in that sort of shop window. And hopefully, you know, in the future, from a procurement standpoint, you know, be a real sort of, you know, industry to work in for people. I, I think that's a real positive coming out of it. Yeah, I hope so. In, in terms of kind of the long term impacts, you know, from the procurement profession, I'm talking about more broadly. Yeah. What do you think they'll be both good and bad? What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I've got to say mainly positive from what I've seen. And like, like I said, this is an opportunity for procurement to really step up. So things like collaboration. Mm. So like we've just talked about, you know, I've seen a lot of yeah. examples of people coming together, working with people within their industries. So like us as charity groups, but also across industries as well. So you've yeah. seen a lot of retailers supporting other types of organization. You know, I think that the power of kind of buyer and supplier relationships has really come to the fore. So really working with those, with your critical suppliers, I think that's, that's been something people have, will have, will have recognized yeah. having to work much more closely, understand each other much more, understand continuity planning much more. I think yeah. you know, in times of crisis like this, it can really bring out the best in people. So probably reevaluating mm. what's really important. I think people have an innate desire to help. So we've seen a lot of donations for us, physical donations of PPE and other things like that food as well for our homes things like the furlough group offering their time voluntarily to support support the sector so i think collaboration mm. hopefully a really big positive that will come out come out of this yeah really good point i think the technology impact obviously everyone's had to embrace technology more it's accelerated people's use and rollout of technology it's increased kind of speed and efficiency for us we've rolled out more digital procurement so it's given us better audit trails and ways of working probably people feel a bit more connected to people that they weren't seeing as often so that's mm. been good as well uh, hopefully the global impacts so of the environmental impact you know we, i think we've all seen in the, in the media lot, lots of positive news about how the planet's kind of taking a big sigh of relief so hopefully people are a bit more aware of that i think you know socially responsible procurement is something that has been a very increasing trend anyway particularly in local government and stuff where it's more and focused on but i think for for all industry now it's an area that i think there'll be even more public focus and therefore focus for it for companies to embrace yeah um, sustainable sourcing will definitely be something i mean it's already on the agenda but yeah mm. it's on the agenda but i think that's that, that, that's only going to increase and i think this yeah. is going to support support that because people have seen the positive some of the positive impact i think for, for us as a team i think this maybe applies across it's an opportunity for people to self-evaluate their their self-development and skills development so people have maybe seen a bit more time to do some e-learning or to book onto courses. You know, we've made sure our team's all redone their ethical, um, SIPs ethical procurement thing for charter okay. stays. All that. So I think maybe that kind of positive legacy that people want to continue to develop themselves, that continuing professional development. Positive legacy, I think that's a, I really like that, that phrase. Yeah, I think, I think that's, an, um, an yeah. increased focus and understanding on the value that procurement can bring as risk managers for a business, not just kind of mm. that traditional view of cost reduction. So really understanding procurement and managing a large proportion of what we do as an organisation here through our supply chain. So they've really got their finger on us being able to add value and, and avoid risk. I think 
it's going to really raise the profile of procurement in organisations, hopefully, and help, help procurement get to the top table where perhaps they were struggling before. And, and along with that, another traditional view of procurement is around slowing down and bottlenecks and things. Hopefully, procurement have been able to demonstrate agility um, and that they can kind of alleviate some of those issues and actually find solutions um, to problems mm. quite quickly. So hopefully, there's some good case studies that people will be able to use and where they've been able to provide quick wins for businesses um, in what's a difficult time. Yeah, probably better contingency planning. I think no one ever foresaw something of this scale. Um, so probably the planning for this was not there for anyone. But I think kind of good contract governance and, and con- continuity planning and contracts and things, probably not just procurement, but for all areas of a business, um, it's going to be something mm. that comes out as a legacy of this as well. Yeah. And what, and what do you think, because I've certainly learned a lot about myself through through lockdown. Firstly, that I'm not a particularly fast runner. I think that's the first thing I've, I've learned. And I, I, I had a wishful thinking that I was going to read a couple of books, but but that's kind of again they're still sort of on the shelf, ready to open. So what what have you kind of learned about yourself in this time of the you know what, what's going on in the, in the world at the moment? I've learned that I like being around people, so I definitely couldn't ever have a yeah. job where where I'm sat at my desk here at my house on my own every day. You know, yeah. technology has been great for connecting, but I really think it's important for me that I've got that social interaction with people, and I think. It's really important for good procurement people that they have that. You know, there's only so much you can do mm. over technology. It's great being able to speak to people and see people, but actually, I think there's there's a lot of that kind of body language stuff and that stuff that you just can't do over over a screen. That you need to be able to do yeah. as a team, as an organisation, but also talking to suppliers, negotiating. I think probably in, you know in your industry recruitment. You know, I've not had to do any recruitment in this period, thankfully. Mm. Um, but it's certainly an interesting time to be trying to interview people you can't do assessment centers and things um so yeah i think for me it's kind of shown me that two things that i really miss being around my team and people but also that i really value my family time as well um so it's Mm. it's finding that balance so i've I've really enjoyed having that more family time but also i'm missing missing people as well so it's finding a better balance i think i think that will resonate with probably most people um in this period no absolutely i mean it's, it's an interesting one as an industry you know and certainly looking at it from a recruitment standpoint it's it's kind of challenging businesses hopefully in a positive way that actually in, by embracing technology will organizations be able to make decisions on hiring people you know because also you know a lot of initial interviews are often done over the phone or via video but actually you know i've watched the whole recruitment process is now obviously being run through through uh, through you know audio and through video and actually it's, it's seeing you know will businesses be able to sort of you know pull the trigger to the side and, and and offer candidates or not but i think as an industry and you touched on it earlier i think one of the huge huge positives is the kind of geographical mobility of people being able to work in almost wider locations than just a traditional you know i'll work 15 kilometers from you know office door type yeah. stuff or, it opens you know, up the talent pool doesn't it I think I absolutely think it, yeah I, I really hope it will and I think you know if, if business wire here's standpoint previously was it's a five day a week working in the office type which there are businesses like that I think off the back of this you know no business can honestly turn around and say it's a it's a full five day a week you know I'm talking from a procurement standpoint here full five day a week you know in the office because we've all had to embrace it so i think that will hopefully stimulate the market quicker yeah. than perhaps and it, it could be interesting it what before. it does in terms of kind of london as a center um thinking yes. long, longer term as well you know people travel into london the cost of property in london so you know retail property business property and also residential property in london if people find that actually yeah. they're working successfully out of london there could be a, a knock-on impact longer term um for all of that as well so yeah it could be interesting 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think businesses will start looking at kind of almost a, you know, 70% or 80, I don't know, 80% capacity of their office rather than utilizing the whole 100%, you know, gone are the, yeah. gone are the days of, of, of probably that. So yeah, no, I think it's a, a positive. So finally then for you uh, kind of keen to get kind of your advice to people listening to this fellow procurement professionals that have you know either been furloughed or, or you know trying to embrace this what what's your biggest kind of tip and advice for people kind of listening i think it really is an opportunity to step up and i hope i hope that procurement people and teams are you know use it as an mm. opportunity not to sit back and react but but to be really proactive find value mm. identify risk find opportunities you know there's lots of services you're probably paying for that it's a good time to revisit those contracts. You're not getting those services. Lots of opportunities to add value for your finance director, but also ma- manage the risk for the rest of the organisation. You know, I think analytical skills, procurement, you know, tend to have them the ability to quickly interpret data and be decisive, taking action, yeah. using, using that data and market knowledge and using our network and insights. You know, like I said before around us, we've, we've got a hand-to-mouth kind of PPE requirement, but we're using the opportunity to 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 plan for our PPE requirements as offices open and as retail opens across the sector and things like that. So, so being able to provide insights for those kinds of things and kick off those discussions because they weren't being had and you don't want to be reacting to this sort of stuff because everyone's going to be looking at it at the same time. You know, I think being able to use our relationship skills, I think procurement people generally, technical procurement stuff is not that difficult. I think the really great procurement people have really good soft skills, you know, emotional intelligence, ability to build rapport, um, you know, I think I think that's where we can really, really add value and show that we're able to stay connected to each other and to, to join the dots a little bit. So that, that's been um, really important. I think not so much a skill, but I think the realisation I touched on it a minute ago that procurement, you know, most of what an organisation does is, is through third parties or certain a majority of it. So the spend and activity. Um, so our, our ability to have that view of being able to influence and manage the risk of what what's happening in that really gives us an opportunity to step up and, and to and to provide examples of how we can help the organisation to manage that. So, yeah, I mean, we've used the opportunity to collaborate externally through the kind of charity group and forming that PPE group, but also being able to break down some of the silo walls internally. So I think procurement are really good at that because we've got that global view and we can see things, similar things happening in different places. Um, We can start conversations. Mm. You know, an example for us is that we recently rolled out an e-signature tool for our contracts um, and we started to use it from other, for, for some other kind of approvals and workflow. We, we, we were able to identify an opportunity within our operations where they were asking beneficiaries to sign pieces of paper to give them access to different services. We were able to see, roll that out across the operations space. So they're actually being able to use that for, for delivering their grants and, and operations, which is something they hadn't considered. It's really helping. So procurement being able to innovate and have that view across the business mm. I think is, is something that can be really valued. So it's an opportunity for procurement definitely to to think about the different value they can add and to step up and to kind of be proactive about showing some of that stuff to the business. Yeah, no, brilliant. Really well articulated. Yeah, thank you, Lee. And uh, yeah, going back to your original point, I certainly you know hope with all of the the, the challenges that we've all faced with the, with the pandemic, you know, certainly I think it sounds like, you know, for you and your team, you're, you're really leading a positive legacy. So, you know, really good for you and, and good for the team. And glad you're embracing technology but yeah i think you i think everyone shares your sentiment that we're looking forward to having some some social interaction around your your fellow uh, you know team members and yeah. colleagues um i'm certainly missing that friday friday night virtual pub only goes so far doesn't it <laughs> I, I think i know every river in the world now i think i can almost name name them all yeah i've, I've done a fair few of those hosting and stuff so uh yeah looking forward to uh 
to interacting with people again. But uh, look, th- thanks ever so much for your time. I know you're busy. So really, really nice to talk to you. Um, you stay safe and, uh, and, and well done again with your team and all the initiatives that you guys are doing in the British Thank League. you very much. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks, Martin. Thank you, Lee, for joining us today. And it was great to hear about you and the charity sector in procurement and how you've responded in such a positive and proactive way to the pandemic. It certainly is a time for us all to adapt. And another example here of the procurement industry being at the forefront of this. As always, the Talent Talks podcast is free to download on Spotify and iTunes and our website, talentdrive.co.uk, where you can also keep up to date with all our latest episodes. Join us next time where we'll continue our series of interviews with procurement leaders and how they are adapting with the pandemic, where I'll be joined by Procurious founder, Tanya Siri, where she gives us a very international insight into how procurement is adapting. Until then, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time. 